This is an excerpt from Different Ways, Revealing the Feminine by Seal, published in 2020. Chapter 4, A Little Knowledge, Part 2. Mom and the Patron Saint of Marriage I adored my mother, and I would seize any opportunity to be with her. I thought her the most beautiful woman in the world. She looked like a movie star on the rare occasion she dressed up to go out. There she was, resplendent in black satin, in a cloud of Prince Machabelli. It was unusual at that time to have a mother that worked. Most moms stayed at home with their kids, and the dads went out to work every day. Two, my mother was inclined to religion, belonged to the Episcopal Church. I was the only one who went to church with her of all the kids. Even her mother wasn't interested. One would think I would have developed some kind of moral compass with all those years under the influence of the church, but I didn't. I was in it for the beauty the stained glass, the music, and the pomp. Sunday school memorizing was easy for me, and there were crafts. Initially, I went to be doing something with my mother, and I kept at it because I enjoyed this time with her and I liked singing in the choir and the events that the church sponsored. When I sang in the church choir, it was the same story with the music reading, I was clueless, but I somehow managed to be considered a valuable member of the group, and I learned to navigate the hymns singing by ear. I enjoyed church events, especially if the occasion involved food, like Lenten dinners, where I would try all kinds of foods other people ate regularly that never happened at my house. Green jello with cottage cheese, coconut, and pineapple? What is that? Heck yeah! Because we were poor, I would get church scholarships to summer camp, which was held in Lake Tahoe, California. One year I was shipped alone by Greyhound bus to Lake Tahoe to go to church camp, a distance of 400 miles. I couldn't have been more than eight or nine years old. Shocking now, almost shocking then. It only happened once. Someone must have come to their senses. There was a bus transfer in Oakland, California, no one assigned to even watch me. Besides being alarmed by the scary old man oogling me in the Oakland bus depot on a layover, I had the time of my life. I vividly recall sitting in the bus, traveling over Donner Pass to Tahoe, looking out the window, watching the sun play on the landscape, and thinking it was my very best moment, this feeling free right then on the cusp of an adventure, on my own, a little mad money in my pocket, traveling the world, an escaped puppy off her leash. It was a sweet spot in my life. Sometimes Mom and I would go out and have breakfast together after church. That was an extravagant treat, just me and my mom, two girls out and about on Sunday. It was pigs in a blanket for me, thank you. Sometimes after church, she would drive us down to the harbor, park the car, and cry and cry. I later realized that she did this in hopes of spotting my dad, though she never said that. 
I overheard he was a fisherman and always in arrears with the child support payments. Perhaps she was trying to get a little space from everyone. We lived with her mother, and Nana could be really demanding, especially on the weekends when Mom was home. Mom had no real quality time of her own, and Nana refused to cultivate friendships. Mom felt quite trapped by her situation. Certainly I would have cried and cried if I were in her shoes. Eventually Mom got a man, a potential her third husband, and that was the end of our Sunday church times together. Her prayers were answered. Mine were suspended. I was old enough to be out in the world a little more, and my fun and focus turned to social entertainments with other kids. Meanwhile, I was chastised by the church for the absurd transgression of wearing a granny dress to Sunday service, so I stopped attending. Who knew Jesus Christ our Savior was the Lord of Fashion? Ticket to Ride I was really awkward socially as I grew up. To this day, I cringe when I think about how I tried to navigate having friends. I'm not sure how people even tolerated me because it wasn't like I was bringing anything to these relationships other than sitting around and getting a suntan or taking up space until it was time to go to a dance or a party. Literally, I picked my friends for what I could get from them, thinking that was what it was about. Most times, what I needed was a ride somewhere. I went through this very maladroit part of my life just before the counterculture movement hit in 1965. Suddenly, an amoral attitude and an aloof presence was as vogue as patched bell-bottoms and patchouli. My situation went from being a picayune human bumbler to a kamikaze and hormonally charged hippie at light speed. I was saved by popular culture growing up and spoiled for the rescue. The climate of the times of my early teen years swept me up into a thousand heretofore unknown possibilities of ways of being in the world. The fitting of the projective outcome of family imprinting and expectation was stretched to its zenith. We bucked wildly under the influence to shatter it with the encroaching modern times and their whiff of anarchy. We could not entirely break those embedded imprints of identity, though. The availability of the tools to heal those kinds of deep emotional reaches would be years away yet. Still, those years of transition for a preteen and a teenager were particularly robust with adventure and excitement. One went from doing a book report on Peru to that dopey feeling of getting swept up and lost in hearing the Beatles' All My Loving the very first time as it took flight on the airwaves. The feelings these sounds elicited were so somatic that one would physically be displaced in time and space hearing it. I was. Whether you were at least this tall or not, you climbed on board that coaster car traveling at the speed of sound to a culture busting at the seams with inspiration and wild abandon. Everything was stretched to its maximum capabilities. Only the foolish, the resilient, 
and the young, seemingly foreordained for this evolutionary trajectory, could open their impressionable lives wide enough to receive these riches. Second hand became cool, being a misfit was hip, anything not mainstream was edgy and interesting. The underground was a goal. I could shop at the army surplus store where I could actually afford the clothes. My persona was saved by a cultural upheaval that felt to me like a personal deliverance to the door of acceptability. Now entertainment was defined by sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I was a pre-teenager riding into my future on the tail of a tiger uncaged and designed for a generation ten years older, already in need of repairs by being an outlier. I would be forever too early for every life event and perpetually late in understanding what I had experienced. Thank you for listening.